0: I'm gonna tell you exactly why talking about family might be one of the most important decisions you make in 2024 and how that can change the trajectory of your life. A real sign that I consider if a person really knows what they're called to do and what they wanna do next, they can thank the naysayers. If you get upset when people disagree with you, if you get upset when people doubt you, are you able to believe better things? When we're dealing with family and family disagreements with our own decisions, I think that's an excellent opportunity to practice that. I told you this is gonna be uncomfortable. Hopefully you haven't clicked off yet, but if you have disagreements with somebody, how do you gauge and how do you respond to those disagreements? I love my mom. I mean, it's such her MO, right? My mom has always been a person who kept her word. I can't think of a time where my mom's lied to me. A lot of us, we get worried about struggle and our loved ones struggling because we know we actually haven't prepared them. Welcome home family. You are in the Inspired House. I'm your host Desmond Davis and here we talk to inspiring people who are doing inspiring things in their room of the house and today our guest is nobody. It's a solo pod today and today y'all I want you to get comfy right. It's the Inspired House. We want you to feel like you're at home. We want you to put your feet up. Get comfy If you want to, grab a snack out the fridge. Mi casa, su casa. And I'm doing all this with intention because we're going to have a really uncomfortable conversation, and I don't want you to skip out, okay? So today, we're going to talk about family. Look, look, I know you're probably thinking, Desmond, I'm not here for no therapy session. Desmond, I don't want to talk about family. Trust me, you do. You really do. And I'm going to tell you exactly why talking about family might be one of the most important decisions you make in 2024 and how that can change the trajectory of your life. Have you ever considered this? That oftentimes with our eight core categories that we teach and we coach, whether it's the career, whether it's the wellness management, whether it's the personal management, whether it's mental health, whether it's our finances, whether it's our family leisure or just our overall social connections all these things make up who we are these are all the foundational things that we need to be successful to 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 be good at what we do okay and so family is such a key part and i think sometimes we can be guilty of trying to go about being successful trying to go about Finding purpose, trying to go about figuring things out, and doing it void of family. And you might say, Desmond, that's that's not the case. You know, my family is in on all of my decisions. And if that's and if that's true for you, I'm happy. Still stick around because we got something for you. But I want to specifically talk to those folk who have who have taken the time to pursue a dream. Maybe you wanted to go to a particular college. Maybe you wanted to start that business or move or something. And there were, you were hoping to get a, some type of encouragement, some type of love, some type of support from your family. And you feel like you just didn't really get it. Look, there's not much I can do and there's not much we can do with situations like that but the goal is i i would love to try to offer some perspective and i think if you'd be willing to listen for a few minutes i think you might learn and discover some things about yourself and learn and discover some things about your family as well too that will help decision making uh be a little easier that will help you be a little bit more intentional a little um get a little bit more clarity in what you want to do and what you feel like you're supposed to do and maybe just maybe discover a little bit of purpose hey family it's Des. i had to pause the conversation for a second because i needed to ask you a quick question how confident are you that you will eventually reach your goals now don't lie to me I'm, I'm asking on a scale of one to ten. Ten being desmond i have a plan and strategy and i'm constantly working towards that so i know i'll hit it eventually and zero being desmond i don't even know where to begin matter of fact let's take this a step further if somebody was willing to invest a million dollars into whatever your dream, whatever your goal is, but it was predicated on the fact that you had some type of plan, some type of vision, some type of strategy, would you get that money right now? Don't lie to me. You might be saying, Desmond, I know I wouldn't get that money because I don't even have a plan. I don't even know where to begin. And if that's you, I think I might have something special for you. I will be doing a free webinar. I'm gonna teach people how they can create a brand create vision and strategy for their life, for their profession, for the goals that they want to hit. And they're going to build it around their values. It's totally free. It'll be a great tool to help you propel into whatever you want to do next. And all you got to do is click the link that should be showing up somewhere on the screen. Or if you're listening via podcast, just click the link in the description. I'll see you there. So I want to tell you a story. As I often talk about, I'm originally from the Pittsburgh, PA area, a little town called Manesson. It's a steel mill town, right? Uh, Along, I believe it's Monongahela River, or is it Allegheny River? Or don't, those all three. Y'all, it's been a minute. Forgive me, all right? charge it in my head and not my heart. But I grew up in a steel mill town that really had its heyday uh, during the wars, back when the factories were open and importing steel and sending out all equipment and tools to help fight the bad guys, right? And after that, there was really this mini kind of depression that happened in my hometown. The, The streets that used to have all these fancy nicknames like Millionaire McKee, where the, the roads were brick roads and they were yellow brick roads trying to give off this idea that it's gold roads because people had money, that all those things started to slowly fade away and it became uh, a depressing kind of shell of what it was. Still to this day, the town is filled with beautiful people who are doing beautiful things, but it, 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 it's for all intents and purposes, it's not in its heyday. And so that's where I grew up preacher's kid, both my parents, very blessed to have them being in a situation where I grew up in a kind of a small tight knit community, still kind of a little like urban, right? We grew up in the hood, uh, with a church right next door, which is really interesting, but I digress. I say all this to say, I say all that to say this, that that was my setting growing up playing football, having some friends, not really having any problems, not really having any issues, not really doing anything that would push or or challenge or question the status quo. I was a, a fairly good preacher's kid. I was a bit of a class clown, got suspended a couple times. Um, never been expelled, right? I was never that bad. I was kind of just goofy, if I can be honest with you. I was just a goofball. I just do weird, just random stuff that like you would almost be like, ooh, get away from me. Um, but all things considered, I didn't give my parents a lot of problems. And so I grew up playing football, loved football, loved the, the team aspect of it, loved that since I was a preacher's kid and I was kind of cooped up in the house, right? I wasn't out going to parties. I wasn't out hanging out at night. Um, I couldn't really stay the night at a lot of people's house. I only had like maybe a, cu- a handful of people's place that I could actually stay and uh, stay the night. Outside of that, I was home. And so that was my structure, right? I, I spent a lot of time with my family. I was really fortunate to not just have my mom and my dad, but a lot of my aunts and uncles and both sets of grandparents in that town. And so I've been really blessed to have that type of experience. And so I've had the influence of my family for all of my life, Right. Again, you got to keep in mind, I'm just a kid going through school, high school, figuring things out. And a lot of that changed as I got to my senior year of high school. In there, I had one of the roughest years of my life. I think I lost approximately like four. Like four to five family members, um, some aunts, uncles. Uh, Right at the beginning of my senior year of of football, we're playing our big scrimmage, right? The first scrimmage, you know, pads on. You finally get to hit somebody that's not, you know, your teammate. And right before the game, I get told my granddad died. Wow. Um, Right across the street from where I lived and I see... A little bit here and there, but I see somebody get put in an ambulance car and kind of get taken away and I don't know how to react. I I take off right. Remember my mom comes in and she tells me, you know, dad, your grand, your grandpa passed and I remember I just leave the house and I just run. I ain't know where the ham sandwich I was going, y'all. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was just running, you know, like those movies where it's like the climax, like it's like right before like the climactic part. the The main character goes through this turmoil and they're like running away and it's this montage of them like in tears and stuff. Yo, that was me. Like this five foot eight, I was about maybe two fifteen, kind of solid muscle. You know, your boy was in the gym playing football or whatnot. And I'm just sitting here just running, like, I don't know what to do. And I'm, like, crying. And um, I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm going to just go play in the scrimmage. I go, and I, I do pretty good. And it kind of sets the tone for what my senior year is going to be. And it slowly starts to sober me. I slowly, um, not 100%, but I slowly start getting a little bit more serious, that losing my grandfather at, at that time really kind of sobered me up go through the football season right we lose in the playoffs It is what it is and now you kind of get your eyes and your heart set for college life figuring out what is college going to be like what am i going to do where am i going to go and i remember i get to the end of my senior year i visit a school i fall in love with the school fall in love with the people. My dad took me, it was a great college visit and I get accepted, everything works out really well. And now I'm in this space where I have the encouragement and the love of my family. There's this vision and this plan and this hope and this excitement of what I'm about to do next. And as we get ready for the end of my senior year of high school, I get this opportunity to play in this amazing all-star game. Uh, not too much of a big deal, but, you know, it's my last potential football game in PA in front of my friends and family. And, you know, your boy's trying to show out. I'm trying to go out there and do my thing. And I do for about a half maybe. And I remember I just get on kickoff, like, a few minutes, a few seconds before halftime. I get rocked. Like, I get yeah. – Your boy got caught lacking, all right? It just, I I got no other way to say it. Your boy got caught lacking. And I very much remember being on the ground, getting up, talking trash, right? And uh, I try to take a step and my whole leg gives out and I fall down and the opposing team full of high schoolers from different schools that we played against, or didn't play against but they're sort of in the same area they start cheering and the people in the audience start cheering and i'm feeling pretty low and so i've never really had an injury in my life up until then so i get carted off find out i tear my acl and i'm thinking okay well this can't get a lot worse um football is done at least for the year and i find out it does get worse the week later. I end up losing my dad. So in a span of 12 months, I lose about four to five family members, aunts, uncles, uh, my granddad and my dad. And now I go into this summer, the summer that's supposed to be one of your best summers to like go to all the graduation parties and kick it with loved ones and spend time with people i'm not doing that i'm sitting on the couch in a house with no air conditioner with my knee up post-surgery me and my mom dad gone and that's the summer i have before i go to college so again being this young man who is surrounded by family and i never really questioned much. I've never really had too much of a of a situation or been put in situations where I had to make decisions really for myself. I I get faced with this ultimate decision of am I going to stay in my hometown or am I really about to go about five hours away outside of the state and go to school? In this place that I've only been to like once or twice. I decide to go. And I go, I meet people, I find the love of my life. Um, My relationship with God, right? As a preacher's kid, my relationship with Jesus, it gets rekindled. I fall in love with, with the Lord like never before. I, I meet my lifelong friends and family and the people who are a part of my circle now. And here's the thing. I was really fortunate to have family who wouldn't just flat out say, you need to stay home, right? Right. But I know that that was a thing that was present. I know that was a thing on people's mind. That was a discussion, right? I had those discussions with family members, with friends, with people who were curious on, yo, where are you going to do? Are you sure you don't you? You sure you do want to stay? You're going to just up and go? Do you, your family, your mom and your dad have... have Pastor this church for almost 17 years as long as you've been alive and you're just going to up and 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 leave your mom to do that by herself right and here's kind of what i found is that during times of transition during times when we're trying to figure out who we are when we're making decisions, when we're trying to pursue the, the, the thing that we feel is, is meant for us, or if you believe in God like I do, what God has called you to, you're going to have seasons where you have to know that you know. You have to, and you know what, you may not know 100%, right? You may not fully always understand excuse me, what it is exactly your future looks like. And that's okay. But even though you may not always know what your future looks like and you may not always be 100% sure on exactly what your next move is or you have the entire plan figured out, what I've come to find in my life is if at the very least, if If I've prayed on it, if I really feel like God's calling me to do something like He called me to go to school, um, like He gave me peace and called me, and I really felt God when i when I met my wife and and my friends and all those things, sometimes I don't get a clear one hundred percent, yes, sometimes I don't get a clear one hundred percent clarity on what those next steps are. But here's what I find. I find I get enough clarity to make a move. And I think for a lot of us, when we're in this place where we're trying to navigate family, I think sometimes we make the mistake of not wanting to talk with our family or we make the mistake of not really having conversations with our family because we don't have it 100% figured out and you don't need to have it 100% figured out. Yes, you should have a plan. Don't get it twisted. I really encourage you to have a plan. But honestly, sometimes it just requires you to have enough figured out to take a step. Right. Let me give you some Bible for this real quick, because as you know, I'm a Christian. When we look at the story of Abram, right before he becomes Abraham in the book of Genesis, you see God tell Abram, hey, Abram, I'm calling you up out of the land of your fathers. And I want you to go to a land and go to a place that I will yet show you. You heard that, right? That I will yet show you. Hey, Abram, hey, hey, you know how you're surrounded by your family and and you're having a good time with your loved ones and all that? That is great, my man, but I need you to get up out of there and I'm going to need you to go. Oh, okay, God, where? Just go. I'll show you along the way. Can you just imagine just that type of response and that type of decision to go forward? right but we see the what happened with abraham and his family and the blessing and all of that and i think for us sometimes we expect the we expect the journey and the story and all these things to be fully figured out and we do our best to try to figure things out in hopes that it'll give us security and hopes that it'll give us peace of mind but sometimes you need to learn how to have peace without having the full picture right without having the full understanding, that peace that passes understanding that that willingness to take a step. And so that's what I did. I had support for my family. I had also had some concerns. I had support from my friends, but I also had some concerns and some fears and some like, yo, I don't know if you should really do this. Yo, this seems kind of selfish. Yo, I just want you to be safe. And I don't know if you're being safe. I don't know if this is the right time. Why can't you? Right, I remember people asking me, family asking me, why don't you wait a year? Why don't you go in the spring? And I knew enough just to make a step. So hopefully you're tracking, and hopefully this sounds a little familiar for you. Now let me tell you, now in my uh in my 30s, um, can't believe I said 30 now in my 30s what I've come to discover what I've come to learn is that oftentimes we're taught that people will push their insecurities and their fears and concerns on us right maybe because they didn't fully pursue or do all the things that they wanted to do and so now They're kind of pushing that on you and pushing their fears on you. And and I think there's some truth to that. But I've also found that there's another side to this coin. And it's this. When we're dealing with family, when we're dealing with folk around us who we want to support us in our decisions and we're not getting that support. Could it be that maybe, just maybe, it's not that they don't believe in you, even though that's the feeling? And that gives a really interesting talk for intention versus impact, but it may not be that they, it's not that they don't believe in you, it's that they're, they want the best for you. They, they're concerned about your well-being. They're concerned about you not struggling, right? Because when you love someone, when you care for someone, you don't want to see them struggle i'm a new dad and i um i i am a sucker for my baby girl if she even whimpers i'm like showing up Right. And when I put her down for bed and I put her in her crib and I try to close the door, if I hear a little, <laughs> I'm coming back in like, oh, baby, I'm I'm so sorry, baby girl. Like, hey, it's okay, daddy's here. And I start doing my dance and I start being entertaining and all of that. Right. Because I don't want to see my loved ones hurt. I don't want to see them discomfortable. I don't want to see them in pain. And so from a from that place can come actions, words, responses, a lack of support. Hear me, a lack of support. That's not intentional because they dislike you or they hate you or they don't believe in you. Sometimes it can come from a place of care. Have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered that maybe there's a lack of support because somebody cares and they don't want you to be hurt? And they can only see from their own perspective. They can only see from their own experience. You know, I think when we think from that perspective, when we consider those things, when we take the time to get out of our own head and, and consider, um, there's, there's a person who I love dearly. Uh, his name's Pastor Phil Cappuccio. He was my dad's best friend. And he has this saying, um, we would kind of mess with him every now and again and be like, oh, this person, you know, Pastor Phil, they said da-da-da-da-da. And, and what do you think about that? And he would, you know, just to mess with him, because we always know that he would say some very profound things. One of the best speakers and orators of the gospel that I know, and he said this. He would always say, you know, I choose to believe better things. And I think sometimes we would really benefit when we look at our family, when we look at those who are close to us, who may not always be in our corner, to maybe pause for a second and choose to believe better things. Okay? Awesome. So we kind of have the groundwork laid there that sometimes we can be dealing with um, opposing perspectives. And it can be hard sometimes when we think of stuff like that, because you might get that decline from your family. You might get that response, you know, and you've put all your blood, sweat and tears and this hope and you've been praying and working and working up, especially. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about this, especially when we're working up the courage to talk and even share something that really matters to us. And we think we're sharing it with somebody safe. And then they tell us, I don't think that's it, Desmond. Oh, my gosh. Right? And so that perspective of understanding that sometimes choosing to believe better things will help us heal and move on quicker. Now, here's the second other half of this idea. Just because we're choosing to believe better things and charging it maybe to that this is their best way of trying to protect and understanding that and accepting that for what it is, doesn't then mean we have to then fall in line with that suggestion, right? So when I graduated, graduated college, met the love of my life, who's somewhere in the house, somewhere, probably with our daughter, I don't know. Um, a lot of people were expecting me to come home, were expecting me to get back to my hometown and I kind of didn't. I kind of just never went back, and there was definitely an expectation and a hope that I would, but I didn't and I know that if I did, there probably would be some good stuff that happened but I had to understand that those are really good well-intentions that are coming from a good place that I can acknowledge and be thankful for, right? A real sign, ooh, ooh, y'all, y'all may not like this, but I'm gonna tell you how it is. A real sign that I consider if a person really knows what they're called to do and what they wanna do next, they can thank the naysayers. Man, y'all don't hear me. Man, I feel like I'm about to be preaching, right? If when you really know what you wanna do, when you really have a strong grasp of what you're pursuing, okay? And I think that comes from a lot of factors. Again, for me, that comes from prayer, that comes from fasting, that comes from seeking counsel and having mentors and brothers and sisters and coaches and kind of really focusing in and and taking in some of that advice. But a lot of it, the, 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 the biggest voice I'm going to hear is the voice that's speaking to me and that's God, right? And that comes from doing the work. And so when I do the work, Even a naysayer, even a doubter doesn't actually shake me up as much as they would if I wasn't doing the work. So if I can, let me break it down like this. When you do the work and when you know that you know, you can successfully think a doubter. You can successfully think a naysayer and it not stick to you. Because you can choose to believe better things because you have a more robust understanding. You have the bigger picture in view, right? And I've never really held it against folk who doubted me or who've questioned me or who might have said that I may not be doing the best thing or I should have went home or I should have done this or I shouldn't have left this job or I shouldn't have done that and whatever, right? Because I know that maybe just they're trying to do their best to to have my back and be there, but they don't have the big, bigger picture in view because they haven't taken the time to work and toil over the thing that I'm working and toiling over. Consider that. Really, consider that. If you get upset when people disagree with you, if you get upset when people doubt you, when you get upset when you have a, a naysayer, regardless of how close that they are, are you able to believe better things? Because the only way you can believe better things is if you know within your own heart what is true. I told you, I told you, don't skip this, right? And so I think when we're considering that with family, we wrestle with, with kind of this dichotomy of, I can give somebody the benefit of the doubt who may not be as close, but for my family, it can hurt a little bit more. And I think there's truth in that, but still the expectation is the same. Can you choose to believe better things? Can you forgive? Can you let go? Right? Because sometimes the, the, the inaction of letting go is what's really doing the damage in your own heart is what's really causing the issues with your own family. It's not even, it's, 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 it's a part of, yeah, what they said, but it's more of the, you refuse to let it go. You refuse to look from the perspective of that was them doing their best to try to, to try to help me. Cool. Thanks, but no, thanks. and You let it go. But if you can't let it go, I have to question, is it because you fear that it might be true? Do you fear that it might be true because you haven't worked and toiled to find your own answer, right? When it came to the decision to go to school, I knew and I know what God told me to do. When it came to the decision to stay, I knew and I know what God called me to do. And sure enough, all the decisions that I made have been marked by favor. So here's another point for you. When you're making decisions, when you're dealing with family, I think sometimes you just have to wait and see. Sometimes you just have to be willing to go forward and and be able to choose to believe better things about your family, choose to believe better things about your circle, right? And go forward with the decision and go forward with the work and let the fruit speak for itself. Period. I was very fortunate to to be able to see fruit. Was able to get a good job that provided for me and my wife. Housing expenses, all that stuff, taken care of. Able to go to school and, and get a lot of that tuition, taken care of. Provided an opportunity for me and my wife to buy our first home before we were 30. What? In this economy? Yeah, in this economy. And so... The, the, the fruit, the, the, the giving time, time, right? The old heads used to say, right, time don't lie, right? Time, time tells no lie, right? You give time, time, and it'll always tell you the truth. And I found that to be true. We give time, time, and it'll always tell the truth. So I would love to just for a second kind of maybe give you some 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 tips, some tools that might be a little helpful for your family, all right? So one of the things I really want us to consider when we're dealing with family, when we're dealing kind of with family disagreement where when our expectations, our hopes and our dreams don't necessarily align with what our family might want for us. I think there's an opportunity, and this might sound crazy, but just trust me, okay? Just just really just kind of hear me out. When we're dealing with family and family disagreements with our own decisions, I think that's an excellent opportunity to practice gratitude, okay? How do you disagree with the folk who disagree with you? How do you respond to disagreement? Are you shouting and cussing? Are you dismissing folk? Are you pouting and getting angry in the corner and giving folk the cold shoulder? Are you um, blocking people's not nap- like what are you doing during those moments where folk disagree with you? Are you able to have healthy conflict? Yes, that's a thing. Healthy conflict is very much a real thing, y'all. Are you able to have healthy conflict? Can somebody disagree with you and still be your friend? Can Can you still call somebody family even if the decision you want to make, they say, I don't think that's it? Right? Because we see the articles. We see the 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 advice from professionals where it's like you know don't share your vision and your ideas with just anybody keep it to yourself and i don't think that's necessarily wrong i think there's some truth to that i see that being a good way of having success right protecting that thing that is early that's very you know young and small and kind of germinating in your heart that seed that that vision that goal that plan that you don't necessarily need to share with everybody. I also see people who've talked about how they share what their goals are because they use it as a way of being accountable. They put it out there and now they have to hit that mark. Now they have to meet that goal. What I also notice about those folk who put themselves out there as a way to practice accountability, they know that they can handle the disagreement. They know that they know, right? Right. And if they don't know, they just have a work ethic like they know that they know. It's crazy. And so I want us to think about how are we practicing gratitude? So if somebody tells you that they disagree, are you able to practice gratitude enough to hear what they're trying to say? And be like, you know what? I appreciate the insight. I appreciate the concern, right? And I know you're telling me this because you care, but I know what I'm called to do. You know, again, I'll go back to the Bible. Jesus. Knowing in his heart he is the he is the Son of God, he is God incarnate, he's the Word made flesh, dwelt among humankind, his own family wasn't sure sometimes he's performing miracles and doing signs and wonder and preaching the gospel and and, and helping mankind, and his family is calling out to him, saying, "Hey, you know, trying to get through the crowd, we need to get a hold of Jesus." And people are telling him, Jesus, your family's outside. And he's like, hey, who is my family? You know, he look to the left and to the right, the Bible says, and he says, those who do the will of my father, that's my family. But, what? Right. He had other situations where the family tried to, the Bible says that they tried to, like, put him away. Right. Not like kill him, but, you know, they thought he was crazy and, and he had to deal with that. But we also see at the end of those stories, at the end of the gospels, that his, say, his, 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 his own brother ends up being a believer, ends up being one of the apostles, one of the heads of the movement that became the Christian church. And so we see that there is that restoration that's there, right? But if Jesus isn't sure about who he is, if Jesus isn't sure about his mission, if Jesus isn't sure about... And if Jesus isn't grace incarnate, right, if Jesus isn't forgiveness incarnate, if Jesus isn't love incarnate, all those things could have damaged his own heart. All those things could have made him bitter. And then his mission falls short. How are you, you know, are you good at gratitude? Can you take what somebody's saying and say, you know what, I appreciate that. Here's another thing you can try to do. Here's another thing that you can practice, right? I told you this is going to be uncomfortable. Hopefully you haven't clicked off yet. But if you're a type of person. Now, this isn't necessarily with family, but it's it's with just relationships in general. If, if you have disagreements with somebody. I talked about this in the previous video, in one of my shorts. If you have disagreements with somebody, how do you gauge and how do you respond to those disagreements? How do you revisit and recount and retell the, 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 the story of that disagreement? If you're having an a, a, a argument or if you're, if you're having a disagreement, maybe hopefully it's healthy conflict. If you go and talk to somebody else about it, if you're talking to your therapist, and I hope you have a therapist. If you're talking to or a counselor or your pastor or whatever, and, and you're telling them the story of what happened if if i'm having a disagreement with somebody and i'm i don't know i'm talking about the decision to i don't know maybe like me and my wife are like talking about getting a house or picking a car and and we kind of have a disagreement and things get a little hot and we're both frustrated and maybe i'm talking to my counselor or i'm talking to my pastor if my conversation when my pastor asked me so desmond you know what did what did your wife say If I'm saying stuff like, well, you know, Pastor, she was like, well, I just think that you're just being too quick with your decisions and being brash. If I sound like that, right, there's not a lot of forgiveness. There's not a lot of grace and a lot of gratitude in my heart. There's not. When I'm retelling or if I'm repeating or if I'm re-quoting what somebody told me and I can't say it calm, if I can't say it cool, if I can't say it with a level of respect towards them, we're reasonable, of course, right? If I can't do that, then there's a lack of gratitude and a lack of maturity in me. Look, don't click off. I I told you this is going to be uncomfortable. I want you to think about all the times you've had an argument with somebody. I want you to think about all the times you had a disagreement with your family. When you talk to your friends about what your mom said or what your dad or your uncle or your auntie or your cousin said, Is that how you sound? Are you sound or are you sounding like this? Well, they said, well, or I just don't understand. I just don't understand why they're they're talking to me like that. And she had the nerve to say, well, I just think if, if, if you're making them sound goofy, you still have some more maturing to do. A sign of someone who is emotionally healthy a sign of someone who's able to practice gratitude and actually take the, take the time to take a step back and recount or repeat what somebody said without making them sound goofy or without making voices is someone who's able to actually take advice and have more favorable outcomes because they take the time to listen. And who knows when you don't take the, when, when you're not making somebody sound like a goofball, when you're repeating what they say, you might just find out they're right. There were some things that my family said when I was making my decision that I just thought they were just wrong, up and down, just wrong. Like, oh, y'all just don't want me to be great and da, 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 da. But there were some things that they were 100% right about. I went to college messed up. I had no clue the level of trauma I was dealing with. And it showed up in my grades. I ended up on academic probation, right? I ended up dealing with a lot of issues. Luckily, I had a really amazing support system and friends and and loved ones, both near and far, who had my back to get me through until I was in a more healthier place. Right above all, I had God. But looking back, I thought they were crazy, The, the, the folk who were telling me, you know, hey, stay behind. But you know what? Even though I believe I was supposed to leave and go to school when I did, I'm not going to act like those folk were just dead wrong. and didn't have no clue about what they were talking about because they definitely did. Right. Because I definitely could have maybe did some counseling, some therapy, some something. I just sat on the couch and watched the Olympics with a bum knee and and one less parent in the household. And I didn't even take the time to really think about all of the the damage, all of the trauma, all of the heartache that I was dealing with. Actually, right, one of my toxic traits, if I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't want to say my toxic traits, I don't want to claim that. But it's one of the things that I have the tendency, if I'm not careful to do, is I'll have the tendency to focus on other people's problems and try to be there for them and encourage and speak life to them and everything else. While I have my own stuff and I'm, I'm using you and trying to help you as a way to avoid my own stuff. And then I would hear, and here's the thing. I had the tendency, and, and, and maybe you can relate to this. You ever help somebody or try to help somebody with something that you're dealing with, and you actually help them, but you can't seem to really get through and really get better and you make the mistake of thinking that, oh, you're better because you help somebody else. Or better yet, let's double down. Maybe somebody tells you, "Oh, you know, Desmond, I'm so, thank you, man. Like, wow, like I'm trying to get where you're at because I I am still dealing with that pain. And I just thank you for being like, I don't even know how you're speaking life to me right now and helping me with this. Because it's just like you just, you're dealing with this right now and and it's so fresh for you and you seem like so... Like, you got to figure it out. And the issue is, if you hear that enough, you'll make the foolish mistake of thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe I do got to figure it out. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I think just how when we talk about um, people who might have an addiction, and, and they can be high functioning with, with, with an addiction or, or they might be alcoholics and they can be ones who function and go about their day and everything else. I think we have a lot of people who have a lot of trauma, but they're high functioning um, people with trauma. They're, 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 they, they have the issues, they have the pain, but they've gotten so good at masking it and they make the mistake of thinking it's not there, but eventually, eventually it pops up. Every single time. If we're going to be honest, oftentimes it it pops up and it unloads on our loved ones. It pops up and boils over and it hits the people who are closest to us because they happen to be in proximity. You ever been there? I have. Okay, so I want to jump real quick, if that's all right with y'all, when we're revisiting this idea of family and how we're navigating the the naysayers or how we're navigating folk who might disagree with the vision or the goal. And I want you to consider something else real quick, if you don't mind, while I sip this water. You ever think about the fact that Maybe it's not your family being haters, maybe it's not your family crushing your dreams and not supporting you. You ever think that maybe you just don't got to figure it out? I'm gonna go there. You ever think that maybe your idea just sucks? Like it just it just ain't it. You just really haven't thought it out. Right. And before earlier in the podcast, we talked about how sometimes you just got to have enough vision to take a step. But you don't even got that. And you might be that person that's I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Now I'm going to get a nine to five. Now I'm going to go to med school. Now I'm going to go to welding. Now I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to be a rapper till I'm 40. But I'm not going to release any albums, just, you know, songs here and there on YouTube. Right. I, I, if I struck a nerve. I am sorry. I am sorry. Charge it to my head and not my heart. Thank you. Carrying on. And you're all over the place with what you do. Maybe, just maybe your family might be a little justified in why they doubt, right? You haven't provided enough evidence, right? For me, I I can look back now and realized that in, in the grand scheme of things, I really haven't, prov- I didn't really provide enough evidence that I was ready to leave the state, leave my family with a recently reconstructed ACL. Um, a lot of losses in less than 12 months and, and go figure out school. I didn't show a track record of like me being ready up until that summer. Cause like I said, I matured a little bit, but your boy was a goofball. Didn't really go out. Didn't really, didn't really prove myself in a lot of areas to show that I was ready. I was a good kid. I didn't give my parents any problems, but it was like, I also didn't give them a lot of like amazing examples to be like, yo, this young man is, is super mature. I wasn't out here like slinging drugs or anything. I wasn't out here like You know, gang banging and stuff. And besides, when you're the preacher's kid, don't nobody want you in a gang, right? Ain't no one trying to have you in a group, right? Ain't no one trying to be out here, you know, stacking and and, and trying to claim blocks. And you got that one person in the background, let the church say amen, right? Don't nobody want that in there, bro. You talking about you trying to, you know, you trying to claim the block. You trying to do your thing. And there's that one dude in the group who's talking about some melodies from heaven. Nobody wants that. So, I, you know what I mean? So so I wasn't out here doing stuff like that, but I wasn't out here like leading the way in terms of being as proactive and as productive with my college decisions and all of that. And, and doing all those things. I still very much needed reminded. And again, I was still a young man. I was still a teenager. But it was a chance. It was a risk. And I almost got sent back home more than once. Not because of behavior, but just grades and and not realizing what was going on with me. And so you might be in that type of situation where, yo, family, you may not have shown enough or you might be all over the place. And so it's reasonable to question you. Right? You may not be that family member that brings everybody in on the family meeting and you make your announcement about what you want to produce or pursue business wise. And you take the time to, I don't know, make a PowerPoint and show a business plan and show what you're trying to do, how you're not going to let anything deter you from that. And you're going to start small. Maybe it's like doing hair and you're like, you know what? I don't got my own shop, but here's what I'm going to do. These are the steps I'm going to take. I'm going to start doing hair out of my house. I'm not going to then take that money and spend it on stupid stuff. I'm not about to spend it on junk food or alcohol or weed or or clothes or this or that, but I'm going to take that money, invest that, and put that aside so that I can open up my own spot. I'm going to take that money so I can get my license, right? Be a licensed beautician, be a licensed esthetician, be a licensed, um, right? Locks is a real big thing now, right? Be a licensed loctician, right? You're not taking those steps. And so you wonder why your family is like, you know, Des. I don't think that's it. Or like, oh, okay, we'll see. You know, when we're kids, we can do the whole, this is what I want to be when I grow up and I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And you can kind of be all over the place. But there's eventually a time where we're hoping you kind of start not zeroing in on one thing, but like figuring out what, you know, a lane maybe. It's like, oh, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon. Okay. Maybe you end up not being a neurosurgeon, but you end up being a physician's assistant, but it was in the medical field. Okay. So that means as a kid, you were kind of figuring it out. And if you're not doing that, you can't be surprised if your family is necessarily not agreeing. Okay. All right. I'm done beating on you. I promise I am done beating up on you because I don't want y'all thinking I'm out here not caring. I do want to pivot a little bit for the little bit of time we have left and for the families who might have a loved one who has big dreams. Let me sip this water. Who has a loved one who might have big dreams who has great aspirations on what they want to do, who they want to be. Listen, please, please listen. Be careful with the critique and the advice that you give. Because you've listened to this whole podcast and all the things I've said, you might've been like, exactly like, I'm trying to be there for them. And, 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 and I'm trying to do my best to make sure, you know, that they're safe. And I don't want to see them struggle. And you have to realize that you can't prevent struggle for people. You can do your best to give them the, all the tools and things necessary. But struggle is a common ingredient for success. My mom, who I love with all my heart. will do anything in her power to help me be successful, will do anything in her power to, to, to keep me from struggling, right? I love my mom. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's such her MO, right? My mom has always been a person who kept her word. I can't think of a time where my mom's lied to me my mom has always, my mom has always had this rule. If I say I promise, it's as good as done. If I say we'll see, that really means we'll see. If I say no, then that really means no. So my mom didn't say I promise a lot, but, excuse me, when she did say I promise, it was done. It was done. It didn't matter like what it was. If it was when I was a kid, if it was a toy or something, right? She says, Oh yeah, I promise I'm gonna get that. Right? I could make space in the little, in my little room and be like, Oh yeah, I'm about to put that Power Ranger's Megazoid right here, right? It'll be nice and stuff, right? What are you doing, doesn't I'm just making room. You don't even have it yet. Well, my mom said she promised. Right. And 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 I love my mom because she's never lied and she's always kept. She's always kept at one hundred with me. Now, excuse me. She has always had good intentions, and she always wanted to keep me. She always do her best. To, she always did her best to keep me from struggling, but even she realized there are just some things she can't keep me from struggling from. Right? I mean, when we when when I got married to my wife, our our mother son dance the song I picked was the song she would sing to me as a kid it was i believe regina bell if i could right if i could (laughs) i I ain't gonna i don't remember the lyrics all like that but it's really powerful it's like this idea of i will i will give the clothes off my back i will teach you all the all the lessons get all the lessons i wish i would have learned I'll give you all the things that I've never earned. I'll do all of these things for your good if I could. Right? So that's that's my mom, like, explained and, and summarizes this person. that if she can, she will. And so she would never want to see me struggle. But even she knows that there is beauty in struggle. And that struggle is a key component to success. Right? When we look at... Gardening, farming, whatever, you plant a seed in in that shell that has that seed, that has all the components for that seed to grow and blossom, become fruit, to become a plant, to become a big tree, right? That shell has to crack open. It has to be destroyed. It has to be broken. It has to go through this change. It has to go through this struggle. So that out of it, something beautiful can happen. And so even though you mean well, even though you don't want them to struggle, you have to understand that there are some struggles that they need. If a person doesn't struggle, I don't see how they can be in shape. I don't see how they can develop muscles, right? The muscles we build is the process of breaking, tearing down the muscles so that more stronger, healthier, bigger muscles can, can grow in its place. But if there's no struggle, if there's no pain, If there is no disappointment, there is no beauty. There is no progress. The sports that we love, there's this level of struggle. Whether it's basketball and and someone is we and, and we see Kobe Bryant, the Mamba mentality, all the work he would do, and and it was him really um pushing his body right to the limits to try to squeeze out. And ink out as much greatness with the body that God has given him. Right? He wasn't like six foot eight, six foot nine guard, right? He wasn't the fastest guy on the court, but I think it was Gilbert Arenas. He, he used this analogy Kobe Bryant pushed his body like it was a, a, a S200 or S300, S500, and he pushed it like it was a Bugatti. The struggle. And we love that about Kobe. God rest his soul. Football, this pushing and this and this fighting for inches and getting just a few more yards to get that first down. The struggle of it is beautiful. So why would you want to keep that from the person in your life who, who wants to pursue something? Maybe instead of trying, oh, y'all may not like this, but you need to hear this. Maybe instead of trying to protect them from the struggle, the time you spend protecting, you could be spending preparing. Woo! Yes, sir. Right? You can be preparing them for the struggle. You can teach and educate. And tell stories of your struggle and the life lessons and the things that you've gleaned, and that you, and that you and that you can impart into that person. You can impart into that young entrepreneur. You can impart into that friend. You can impart into that kid, that niece, that nephew, that college student, and prepare them so that when struggle comes. They don't get scared and tuck tail and run, but they can respond with a mindset of, I I know what to do in these instances because Aunt Shirley told me what to do. Uncle Gary told me what to do. Grandma, granddad, dad, mom, they, they, they told me this was going to come and they told me how to be ready. And so now when struggle comes, you don't have to worry. I, 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 I want to present this. We don't fear for our loved ones that they're going to go through struggle. We fear that when struggle comes, they're going to have a negative reaction. I'm going to say that again. When it comes to being there for our loved ones and they want to pursue something or the people who we care about, we, we come from a mindset of not wanting to see them struggle or get hurt or whatever else. And, and really, it's not the getting hurt, it's, 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 it's not really the struggle, it's what the getting hurt and the struggle produces if not prepared. And that's quitting. That's stagnation. That's end. That's death. But if you can teach them instead, because you're never going to keep them from struggling. So if you can teach them how to be prepared for the struggle, right? Good lead, all right, I, I, I'm going to pivot a little bit. We're talking about family, but this also works for leadership. Good leaders, they don't keep their teams from struggling. They don't protect their teams from struggling. They prepare their teams for how to respond in the struggle, right? The Bible doesn't say, you know, if you go through trials and tribulations, the Bible says, right, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have issues, but be of good cheer because I overcome the world and I'm with you, aka, I've gone through the process of preparing you for the issues. What? So I don't got to be afraid for you when you go into struggle because I prepared you for it. You know, I'm going to be truthful with y'all because I said it's going to be uncomfortable. A lot of y'all, and in some places, I'll be honest, me too. A lot of us, we get worried about struggle and our loved ones struggling because we know we actually haven't prepared them. And instead of having the conversation that I have not prepared you for the struggle that you're going to go through, we don't want to admit that and be honest. And so we'd rather deter them from that decision, from that choice altogether. You still there? Okay, cool. I hope so. I hope so. But when we can prepare And remember, now I'm talking to the family. If we can prepare that person, if we can prepare that young entrepreneur, that little brother, that cousin, that nephew for what they want to do, and we can do our part to support them and build that that resiliency muscle, it don't matter what the struggle is. It don't matter what the opposition is. They got it. And I think, y'all, that when we can get into the mindset Of understanding the perspective and understanding that for the family, maybe, just maybe, I'm going to say that again, for the family, maybe, just maybe, the reason why somebody is coming to tell you what their dream and their idea and their aspiration, maybe they're telling you not because they want your approval, but because they want your help and they just don't know how to ask for it. Maybe that's what it is. And so as we close, y'all, I want you to really consider these perspectives. We talked about the the go-getter and the person who's going for it and they're trying to share with their family and and they don't get the support and they feel like they're not loved and they feel like they're not supported when really the family is doing their best and they're just trying to keep that person from struggling. You know what a great example of, of this is? Watch the movie... Fences or read or or watch the play or read the book. Whatever whatever you can do, check out Fences. There's a scene that's um, making its rounds again from the movie that has uh, Denzel Washington. And it talks about when he goes and he uh, he he goes to the, the football coach for his son. And he pulls him off the team. And his son is so mad at him. And he tells him, you're upset because I'm going to do something you couldn't do. And you can't stand the fact that I'm better than you. They have a little exchange and all this other stuff. Then eventually the scene jumps. And Denzel's wife, the, the husband and the wife, they're having this conversation about, you know, why did you keep that boy from doing sports? And Denzel, the character, he says, I know I, I said from the beginning, I don't want that boy doing no sports because the end goal of them sports isn't is it just doesn't do anything good. Right. And, and it's terrible. And it's all this other stuff. In reality was he was projecting his own hurt, his own pain, his own lack of um, not being able to go into the pros. Right. And what he thought he was protecting and keeping him from struggling, he was really kind of hurting, stagnating right? And I'm not going to tell you the rest of it. Watch it. Read it. Read it, honestly, then watch it. But there's so many examples of that, right? There's this old saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And if we're not careful, we can push people away who are finally starting to get that spark in their heart for what they think they're meant to do They get that spark in their heart for this dream to pursue this business, to to pursue this goal, to pursue whatever. And we could potentially make the mistake of trying to keep them from struggle. And really, we're pulling them away from success. And now, let's say you're successful. You've kept them from struggle. But of keeping them from struggle, they still ended up in the result of what struggle un- with, you. St- how do I say this? By keeping them away from struggle, they ended up still dealing with the result of having to face unprepared struggle, which is sadness, low self-esteem, lack of confidence. And so the thing you were trying to keep them away from, you should have been taking the time to prepare them for. And for our entrepreneurs, for our college students, for those people who have a dream. Please understand that the folk who you share and who you talk with, your confidants, they're not perfect. As people, we are messy. And even as I'm talking to the family members, keep that in mind for yourself. That maybe, just maybe, you should consider, hey, they're trying to do their best to figure it out. And... Ask them. You can ask them questions like, hey, here's a great thing you can, here's a great thing you can do, and then I'm going to close. Here's a great thing you can do, whether you're sharing your vision and your heart with your family or whether you're trying to find a mentor. Ask them something along the lines of this. This is what I'm pursuing. Based off of your experience or what you know, where am I most likely going to fail? And ask them why. right there you have the cheat code right right there you can then properly discern okay what they're saying is rooted in some truth and now i know how to prepare for it or you can respond and say ah oh, that's not it that's that's their fear they're projecting fear and i don't i don't i don't have to worry about that but i think when we can take the time to consider each other's perspectives when we can take the time to choose to believe better things I think something really magical and powerful happens and we get the opportunity to see change. We get the opportunity to see goals met. We get the opportunity to really show up and be that authentic supporter that we want to be. And we end up hitting our goals. We end up making deeper relationships. We end up seeing fruit, right? The Bible says that a friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born For adversity. And I don't know about you, but in this season, I'm looking to have people around me who are ready to show up when adversity hits. But even if they're not those people, I still have the emotional intelligence and the maturity to look at that situation, look at that person. And say, you know what, I choose to believe better things. And what you're saying to me and what you're trying to put on me, I get is your best attempt at trying to be there. I don't really need it. I appreciate it. Thank you, but no thank you. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get upset because that takes too much energy. I'm going to just go back and keep preparing. Because the struggle is going to come. It's going to come. And instead of waiting for the struggle to come to me, I'm going to go find that struggle and I'm going to kick its butt. And then I'm going to go execute my goals. But hey, y'all, that's just me. That's just my room of the house right now. Thanks for visiting the house. Thanks for coming by the inspired house. I hope that you are inspired. I hope that you go and crush your goals. I hope that you get a little bit more curious about your own life and, and, and do a little bit more deep work on who you are as a person. Um, as always, if you need help, we always coach clients. We always work with people. You can see uh, the, some of the links in our description below. Uh, we have a free webinar that helps people create clarity for what they want to do with their life um, to get started, right? Sometimes you just need to get started. And we have a webinar that helps you get started, that helps you ask the right questions, that helps you start considering things in a proper perspective so that you can start doing the work, so that you can start building the progress, so that you can start putting together the plan and start pursuing and chasing your dreams. But hey, that's been all my time. I'm Desmond. I'll see you next time. Stay inspired. Peace.